and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace and Dark Sky. Woo! I'm Simone DeRochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I am joined by Brianna Wu, Democratic Representative for Congress, and Christina <laughs> Warren, Senior Writer at Gizmodo.com. We have a lot of feelings today. We oh, do yeah. have a lot of feelings. They're good, yeah, I, uh... burbling, happy feelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's a good week. It's been a slow tech news week, but that's okay. Yeah, oh you just God. saw Beauty and the Beast, and you're I just thrilled. saw Beauty and the Beast, and I'm, oh. I'm, I'm still on my Beauty and the Beast bubble. Envy. Um, I mean, look, it's, I'm not going to tell everybody, like, is the greatest movie you'll ever see, because it's totally not. It's the freaking cartoon movie. They added some backstory stuff that was a little bit unnecessary. I actually think Gaston's probably the most interesting character, which, whatever. But, I mean, I'm, I'm a girl, and I'm going to enjoy Beauty and the Beast, and... <laughs> Take your boyfriend, take your girlfriend, uh, you know, like, go see it. It's a total great date movie. I think we're we're going to make topic three like a mix-up between that and The Matrix News. Yeah. Because that's a great balance right there. Yeah. yeah I agree. No, it, it's opposing forces. Like, they could have just projected Emma Watson onto, you know, the, the, the like, 90s cartoon. Yeah, like, public access style. Oh, they should like, have. That would like, be great. Blue, I'd still be there for that. Like, I'd oh, still completely. be, Frank, we gotta go see it four times. I, like, I, won't even, I won't even lie. Like, when I saw the trailer, it was one of those things where I don't remember what movie, um, I think it was Moana, but but I, I don't remember what it was, and I saw, like, the first full-length trailer, and, and I started, I heard the music, and I, like, grabbed my husband's arm, and I was like, Grant, <laughs> I'm making you take me to this. And he just rolled his eyes. And, and he didn't take you. You had you went for to a press screening, right? Yeah, I went to a press screening, but I'm I'm gonna take him this week. <laughs> oh yeah, you make that That's man right, watch that are. movie. That's right. I mean, you look, are. it's it's it, it'll be almost as good as the time I made him um take me to see Titanic in 3D. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> true love. Wow. Oh yeah, that was true love. That was that was a day where I, I was supposed to be on television and I got literally bumped like they were about to cut to me, and then no. they were like, "Sorry, we're cutting. We're 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 killing this segment." So I'm like in the chair, like they're literally about to like go to me. Like I was oh, bummed no. at the last second you could ever oh. get left, which was fine. But then I had a car, and Grant happened to be at CNN with me, and they were like, "Well, we'll take you wherever you want to go." And I was like, "I want to go to Red Lobster in Times Square," <laughs> and so we did that. And then I was like, "I want to go see Titanic in 3D," and we did that. <laughs> and I'm not going to even lie to you guys. It's the greatest date I've ever been on in my entire life. Oh, was that sounds in New York fantastic. City. Was in New York City eating at freaking Red Lobster, <laughs> Red Lobster. And, then, and then seeing Titanic in 3D. Is the most basic bitch date of basic bitch dates. No, I feel like and- that's you condensed to like one quintessential experience. Like who is Christina Warren? <laughs> it's Red that, Lobster right? and Titanic. She took her and Red Lobster yeah. and Titanic. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not even remotely wrong. You're so right. Like that's exactly that is Christina in a nutshell. And like I look back on that. That was almost five years ago. And I was like, yep, greatest date ever. Wow. So, Oh my god! Oh well, my god! Okay, okay, yeah. Should we talk? So let let's let's ease back in a different direction yes. and talk about your review for the Beats X. I, I I'm not going to make the the joke again where I pronounce X like ten, even though I really wanted to for a second there. <laughs> the Beats, Beats X 10. earbuds, uh, which in your review you say are AirPods for people who like to move. So the this is um. Beats's latest product. It's their own, um, not quite wireless, but Bluetooth um, earphones that connect, right. you know, with a wire that connects the earbuds to themselves, but not to, say, your device, because they pair with the W1 Bluetooth chipset. So you love these. Yeah, I think they were great. You know, I really liked AirPods, and we talked about that on the show. And, and, and you know, I pointed out, I think, on the show and in my review, like, my niggles with AirPods. And, and a lot of that came from, you know, that was a lot of hype they'd kind of built up. And, and I had some issues and, and still have some issues with the fact that, you know, AirPods make you use Siri um, if you want to do playback controls for volume and, and things like that. And that means you have to have an internet connection, and that's kind of annoying. And even though I think that they are remarkably, you know, like I, for, they fit my ears well, um, there are plenty of people who, you know, ear pods don't fit their ears well, which means the AirPods might not work as well. And even though I've seen the videos of people like, oh, you can run around with these and exercise with them and go running outdoors and all that stuff, like, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Like mm-hmm. I would feel totally, I feel totally comfortable walking around the city with them. Um, uh, back, even though I that? personally go around snatching AirPods out of people's ears and throwing <laughs> them into the subway. Did you see the photos of, of Case Stu with her AirPods in? 
No. She would she rock those. She looks so hot. Okay, I'm going to look that up so right hot. now. She, she, yeah, look it up. We got to include in the show notes. No, Case 2 was, was rocking AirPods, uh, paparazzi shots last week in New York, and she looked Hot. Oh, I love dang. her so much lately. Me too. I love her lately. She's just like, she totally it. made them cool. Like so anyway, you know, like I, I feel comfortable walking around the city with them, but I wouldn't feel comfortable running with them. And I wouldn't feel comfortable like taking them to a spin class. AirPods. But the oh, beats AirPods. X, yeah, AirPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, the beats that makes X, sense. But the Beats X, I feel I was it, you know, I haven't used the the Power Beats threes. Um I I've had Power Beats twos, but um, you know. I it's would the same of, product. It's the it, same it, product. It's a, yeah. It has W1 pairing and a better battery and it charges faster and that's it. Okay. So, but you know, so I like those and those, you know, I know that you, you love those, Brie, but like the, my issue with those is that they're a little bulky in your ears. Yeah. Um, at least for me, because I have small ears. Um, these are, I felt like every bit as good kind of walking around with them, you know, as, as you would with, with power beats, but they're less bulky. Um, you know, maybe you wouldn't be able to do as strenuous activities as you can with power beats because power beats literally have these little clips that fit over your ears. You can actually get, um, wing tips to, to kind of do a similar thing, although not as, as firm, obviously with, uh, with the beats X, but you know, um, the big thing that I found with them without even using those wing tips, just using them with, you know, the, 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 the tip size included, you know, I one day stupidly in retrospect, because I was about <laughs> to get the flu, um, went and took a spin class mm-hmm. and, uh, for another product I'm reviewing and to get there, I had to like take the subway and it was like a whole thing. And so I was like going to miss my train. So it was like running with the, with the beats X in my ears. Oh. And then I had them, which was a good test. And then I had them like at the spin class, I was obviously listening to the music they were playing at the spin class, but I had the beats X around my neck the whole time and they didn't ever fall off. I never felt like they were going to, you know, disappear on me. And this was during, you know, a 45 minute, um, you know, uh, spin class it, it was, aka yeah, my it was, nightmare yeah it was basically soul cycle it was it was, uh, it was a different company but it was basically a soul cycle class and so that, that, that's you know hardcore and so that's really so, impressive uh, especially because you have long hair right exactly like i would yeah. think yeah. that would be hitting it like were you wearing it up or no i wasn't i wasn't huh. and so I, I i was really impressed that like they they stayed on it was not an issue I, they'd been in my ears i don't i don't think it ha- would have had any problem um have so, they ever fallen out of your ears when they're in your ears no. Okay. No. Once, I, once, I'm, once I'm, actually, right I'm asking because I'm curious about the the wire that's connecting them and whether that does work in the case that they might fall out of your ears, like yeah. whether that would catch on your body. Yeah, it would. It would. I mean, sometimes, I mean, like, I'll say this. Once I found the right tip size, it, they didn't. But if I put in, like, tips that were too big, for instance, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, might not, they might fall out. And in that case, the nice thing about that wire around the neck is that it kind of keeps it balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of gives it a nothing of- more comforting than wire around the neck, just as a phrase. <laughs> like I just love to hear yeah, yeah wire. No, love that's to have great. wire that's around great. my neck. But no, that's uh, well, yeah. No, but but what's cool about them too, and and other companies have done this, Jaybirds does this, and and uh actually Will I Am's buttons, which I've made fun of, does this, but it's really smart, is that they have a magnetic connector um that like the the two end tips, so the outside parts of of the um, beats will connect together. So you can actually wear them around your neck like a necklace. This so, was my main complaint with your review is that there was no picture of you wearing them like that. But they yeah. took one, they took one and it was too dark. Ugh. But does I it know. like, does it clip where the, the ear tips are going to be down or is it mushing the ear tips together? It's the rear side. I'm finding a picture, oh, Brie. Oh, that's a good, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because to me, that's the killer feature. Like, yeah. I, so I got to tell you, like, with the Power Beats 3, I, I use it all the freaking time because, like, my neck cramps. I'm on the phone so much. <laughs> like, if I uh, don't have a Bluetooth headset, and I literally go through two batteries a day with the Bluetooth headset. So I have two pairs of Power Beats 3s. And, you know, the thing that's making me think about buying this is that feature, because I have lost a pair of them mm-hmm. before, because, you know, it's like, like, you take them out of your ear, and you're just holding it around your neck, and then, like, you're messing with your hair, and they fall out. Exactly. So, I've like to me this is that's the killer feature that's what Without makes me go I Without want that yeah because because one of those things like especially if you turn them off I mean you can keep them on because the battery life is pretty good but like so you know if they weren't active it wouldn't drain the battery too much but you know 
having them around your neck if, if you really did were in a situation where you weren't like me running to the subway while listening to your music, you know, but you just wanted to run someplace and I would feel very secure with them around my neck mm-hmm. with the magnets held and, and, and with the weight of, um, you know, the the neck uh, band or whatever um, staying there. Um, the thing I like about them too, you know, um, again, I mean, I don't think they're as stylish as AirPods, but one nice benefit of being slightly bigger and slightly bulkier and not true wireless is that you have a remote control on the side. And and for me, that ends up being really important. Um, I mean, I still I still like my AirPods a lot, but like it's one of those things where I'm still, every time I use them, I'm annoyed that if I want to raise mm-hmm. the volume, I've got to pull my phone out because I'm on the subway and I can't use Siri, or if I can use Siri, I'll look stupid using Siri. You know, just being able to 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 to, to put your volume up or down, which for people who live in in the city, I think is is more of an issue than people who might live other places. If you live in a in a bustling city, being able to control your volume becomes really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that uh, remote control on the side is really good. I can't imagine um, saying, "Hey Siri," in the middle of like the silent nine a.m. subway ride. <laughs> could you? <laughs> I mean, could I you could. conceive of it? I mean, I could totally conceive of it. I would just more be about like, is the is this subway ride actually silent? A, uh, if it was silent, you might feel weird. But B, you'd be like, is this going to pick up on it? You know, and and do I have a data connection so this will work? Yeah, yeah, subway? that's not even my concern. <laughs> you just, yeah, I'd I mean, just be I mortified. I have no shame. I've cried on the subway before. I don't even care. That's different, though. Like, there was a person singing next to me on the subway the other day, just, like, very quietly to herself. But that's not as I, – I don't know. There's something about talking to Siri on the subway instead of just doing it your gosh darn self with your hands that – Yeah. No, I mean, in that case, I would probably just find my phone and, and, and pull it out. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, like, it, it's still one of those things, like, sometimes if you're walking to the train, like, and it's really windy mm-hmm. and you yeah, don't want to dig, dig your phone out, but then you've got the your AirPods in and you're like, do I need to talk to this? Like, it, it becomes a whole thing. So I appreciate having the, the, the side there. And I yeah. would say, you know, for audio quality, they're fine. I mean, the main thing you're getting from this, and we've talked about the W1 shit before, you know, Brianna. Uh, you're talking you know you're talking about the the uh, power beats 3 which, which also have it and then i've got yep. the i've got the um uh, uh, beat solo 3s which i love um as as kind of my over ear like subway headphones i love those um cuz they have amazing battery life and they have remote control um on the side or you can control stuff like when they're wireless those are like my my favorites um but that w1 chip is great but the sound quality is good you know i mean i'm, I'm going to say it's the best sounding um, wireless earbuds you can get no um, but they're 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 very they're very good I mean they, they sound about the same to me as, as power beats um, maybe um, a little better for some mids a little less bass they're they're not as bass heavy Ooh. as some beats which um, you know I think is kind of an interesting decision they have a lightning uh, charger on them so this is the first beats product um, oh, for really? headphones that's not yeah. micro USB it's that's not, very it, interesting it is wow. lightning so so they uh, the, the beats pill um, plus or whatever was the first one that came out in 2015. I want to say that one had uh, lightning, um, yeah. but this is the first headphone product that has lightning. And so, yeah, that is interesting, right? Because you yeah. have to, yeah. you have to think that the conspiracy continues. Well, I mean, you have to think that, uh, they probably are, I, I would imagine that they probably have as many Android users as they have iPhone users for the Beats product. Yeah. So that's an so that's an interesting it it's an interesting well, move. Like, but I guess that makes me because I what was the week where we talked about the rumors about Apple dropping the Lightning port on the phones? Was that last week? Because my memory I, is I missed that I week. I think we yeah. were going to talk about it, and then Christina wasn't here. Oh, we, we did dropped talk that topic. about it. Oh, we did, did talk we? About okay, it. yeah. Yeah, and she definitely flu. wasn't here. But what does that? She wasn't here. Since Apple owns, it just didn't count because Christina <laughs> wasn't exactly, here. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Apple owns Beats. Well, and I think what's what's since come out from about that, which would make more sense, was that it was just a really poorly written Wall Street Journal thing, and that it that the, they will have um, a, a USB C port on the outside rather than USB A. So it'll be Lightning to USB C rather than huh. Lightning to USB A is now what this theory is so who knows and it's also possible that the inside could be USB-C but the connector was lightning I don't know regardless you're right like that that does give I had that same thought as as, as you did when I was writing that up I was like that's weird that they would release a lightning accessory you Mm -hmm. know 
like the, yeah. the B cycles. Obviously, they work on different product cycles, and so it wouldn't be that weird. But yeah. it would still be kind of like, well, this doesn't look great if you're gonna, you know, have this lightning connector for these new fancy headphones. Yeah, and now that's like you've got a new connect, new connector LOL, on your fancy sorry. new phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, so that's weird. Okay. Is- this is my problem with Beatex. Um, yeah, they announced it. A, it's like a million years late. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, but th- th- forgive me if I'm wrong here, but as I'm remembering, they announced this at the iPhone 7 event mm-hmm. and they advertised it at the time for uh, $99, if I'm remembering correctly. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, or oh. I know $99 has been the product. And then you know, they advertise it, they make you wait, they make you wait, they make you wait. And now they're coming out with it at a $150 price point. And to me, I don't understand this choice because the Power Beats 3 are also at um, you know that higher price point. And like the Power no, Beats they, 3... No, they were, uh, uh, correction, they were $150. They Did were they always announce it like that? Yeah, they, Are they, you they, sure? I, I'm, I'm looking up at something from CNET from September 26, 2016, and but only the Beats X, $150 is the new Truly Wireless. Okay, well, then I'm completely misremembering it, but they're, why are they bringing out a $30 iTunes card at the same time? That's what I don't get. Yeah, I mean, they've done that for certain other products too. Um, I don't know. You have to register to get it, so it's not like it's, it's, it's in the box, but it's one of those things where like it's not like an iTunes code. Like You literally have to go to the huh. website, register your headphones, and then they'll give you the iTunes code. Um, so I, I think in the past they've... Um, They've done that. I'm actually looking at this, Brie. I'm trying to find out about this price thing. It did look like the price increased from 129 pounds to 170 pounds in the UK in December. But I don't know if that's because of Brexit and they changed their prices there for a lot of reasons. Yeah, that seems more likely. What? Um, I'm trying to find like yeah, write-ups I'm about this stuff. I'm also Googling Beats, um, <laughs> except I just Googled $99 Beats. Which is just giving me refurbished ones, so I need to work on my Google Foo. Don't buy those, by the way. I will do not. not buy those. I have no my plans. husband, my husband, cheaped out and tried to buy some of those, ah. and they are completely not Beats headphones. The ones you buy on Amazon. No, so, no, no, no. So in, in but, terms of yeah. the the wider question of pricing of Bluetooth headphones, Apple's are one sixty. These are one fifty. Do you mm-hmm. think that these prices? Sorry, what was that? Was I was just saying, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I heard I heard a no. So okay, I was right. Yay. Anyway, so apples are 160, these are 150. Do you think that these are realistic and like valid prices for this kind of product? Or yes. do you Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, the the Jaybirds are are maybe twenty dollars less. Um, and so if you were not an iOS user where you're gonna get the most benefit from this with the W1 and the and the easy pairing. Um, you know, maybe look at those or maybe look at some others. But I think that for the the look they have, and let's face it, big reason you buy Beats is the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're if you're if, if you were looking at buying quality, they're not. I'm not. I, I I have no problem with Beats quality, but that's that's not a headphone you buy for that. You buy them because of the name and for the fashion statement and that aesthetic. And then now in these cases, the W1 pairing, which makes it you know good battery life and, and super simple. And Are there any other Bluetooth headphones that use the W1 chipset, or is it just the it's, AirPods it's an Apple and Beats? Technology. It's, so so oh, it's, okay. it's so so yeah. So Apple owns the technology. So it's AirPods, uh, Beats, uh, uh, Power Beats three, um, uh, Beats Solo three, and uh, Beats X. Cool. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that the price is fine. I have no problem with the price. And I think if anything, the addition of the gift card um, oh, yeah, sure. is a nice bonus. <laughs> and, and you'll probably see them, uh, you know, it is hard to buy these things off of Amazon, but sometimes Amazon does have the legit ones. You can often tell, like, based on the pricing mm-hmm. that's sold from Amazon. Sometimes they'll have them on sale. Like, I got my um, Beats, uh, my, my uh, Solo 3s for, I think... $50 less than whatever list price was. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I think as far, I mean, as far as Bluetooth headphones go, this seems like the, a standard sort of pricing, but if I were paying for the beats brand, I would almost expect the headphones to look prettier. Cause the, I, and looking yeah. at the pictures uh, in your review, they're, just they're playing. You can barely see the beat. Yeah, plain. First of all, yeah, that's but it, true. It's minimal. I mean, that's almost a minimal. feature of it. You know, like yeah. it's got the the bright colors, and I don't know. I find the quality of them to be excellent. Like I throw my Power Beats in my purse every single day, and mm-hmm. you know they haven't 
torn apart or anything. So hey, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think my big complaint I would say with Beats is it's so hard to get replacement ear tips. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if the Beats X are the same way, but if you buy the Power Beats three, it comes with um, you know, three different set of ear tips plus the ones that come on it. And it's exactly like you said, Christina. Like only one pair tends to fit. So the problem is, um, these are the kind that stay on it pretty well. But like, if you're throwing in a bag to travel or throwing in your purse, eventually you're going to lose an ear tip. And then you're on the phone with Apple or like texting Apple and you're having to have them like send a replacement to your house. (laughs) Now I've, I've tried four or five different generic versions of the ear tips off Amazon, like at any price point, just trying to find something that will stay on these well. And I can't find it. it. It's invariably made of the cheapest plastic. It doesn't feel right. It just falls off very, very quickly. So yeah, you, you're that's really, a yeah, you're stuck like with no way to replace it that doesn't involve like a 30 minute phone call with Apple and waiting five days, which is just kind of silly, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And and another issue, I mean, this wouldn't be the case with these because the, the um, thing is built in, like the remote is built into the, the product. But I find with my old, with my old solo twos, um, the remote broke. And, yeah, mine too. Yeah, and I, yeah. I and and that had happened on my on my solo ones as well, and so or my first so my yeah my solos uh, solo wireds, and then it also broke on my solo two wireless on my solo two wireless. So the wired headphone broke, and um, it was one of those things where I wanted a replacement that was white because I wanted it to match, and the one that they sell is red and <laughs> doesn't go with my pink headphones and looks stupid. Oh, that's and terrible. So, and well, it is. And then I called them, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't. We don't have a white replacement we can give you." I'm like, "Are are you serious?" So I had to find one on Amazon, which was in total knockoff. It works fine, fortunately, um, and it even came with like a, a Monster Beats case, which was funny. But like, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, it, to to get a matching part, you would think would be fairly simple, mm-hmm. and ended up not being. And that's like, um, obviously. Um, like, yeah, that's not that great. seems like an oversight. Yeah, I mean, like you you sell millions of these pairs of these headphones. <laughs> like, let us let us do this. Let, let let us get replacement ear tips and 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 let us get replacement cables. They they have repaired or redone the the remote uh, for the new version of that, and I assume it's similar on the Beats X. Uh, and I haven't had it break yet. But you're you're right. Like it was hyper cheap plastic on the old version. This episode of Rocket. Is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. You can make your next move with Squarespace, <laughs> which lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name. Domain name? Domain name. Banana. With a unique domain, <laughs> award-winning templates, and more. And as I learned this week, if you have purchased a domain from a different website, Squarespace makes it so freaking easy to connect that domain to your Squarespace website. They not only like have step-by-step tutorials and videos, they have step-by-step tutorials and videos for different domain name provide domain providers. So you can just be like, oh, I bought it from this place. And they're like, oh, we know exactly how like the back end of that place works. And here you go this and this and this and do all these things. They make it so freaking easy. And if you do run into a problem that somehow you can't solve yourself by using their tutorials on the site, they do have 24-7 customer support if you need any help. It's wonderful. You can also, of course, like I said, to buy a domain. What is wrong with the word domain today? Tomato name. Tomato name. Tomatoname.com. You can buy domain name, tomato name from squarespace.com. They'll let you quickly and easily grab that and, you know, Unique domain names are very important. You want those. So whether you have one from Squarespace or one from somewhere else, you can connect it to your website quite simply, whether your website is an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a, uh, some other kind of website. I can only think of those three kinds, you guys. I started to say store again, but I already said store. 
all in one. You could have blog portfolio store. You can sell blog portfolios on your online store. And Squarespace will let you do that because they have templates for all these things. They have templates that you can tweak in every which way that you want to make your own new Frankenstein website. It's wonderful and it's super easy. You're just dragging and dropping. You're not worrying about code unless you want to, in which case you can use your skills to tweak the code of your Squarespace site. Boom, done. They trust you. I trust you. I don't trust me. I use templates. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed to make your site run and look beautiful. So go check it out today. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, and you can start a trial, no credit card required, by going to squarespace.com. And once you do finish your trial, you build your website, you finish your trial, then you sign up with offer code ROCKET and get 10% off your first purchase. Show your support for the show, show your support for Squarespace, and Relay FM. Thank you, Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. It went egg voice at the end, and I don't know why. Domain it's name. not good, you I'm, I'm going to start saying domain name every domain time I'm talking to someone in tech and just see how long it takes for someone to correct me. It's going to be great. Also, domain name, sadly, .com is taken. No, <laughs> did I lie in my ad read? I said you could buy oh. a domain name, domain name, but I did okay, not. Okay, domain name, domain name, I'm sure is available, but domain name, domain name. Oh, God. I just okay. typed tomato into my browser as if that would help me find the results that I'm looking for. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Rhi, what would you say is your most anticipated event of this year? Oh, God. Uh, you know, Simone, it's so hard for me to tell. Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> come on. I gotta get it on with Hadasari. Like, come on. I, I've been denied for far too long. So, it has been a long time, oh, hasn't it? Okay, Simone, I swear, I swear, I am this close to like driving to New York and, and taking your PS4. <laughs> like that's how I'll tell well, you I first should, off, I, I have really bad yeah. news, which is that the code okay. I have is for Xbox One and that's what I'm oh. playing on. Okay, well I'll steal that too. No, I I gotta tell you, there was a a, a really important news publication that called me they're like Brian we would like to do an interview with you next Tuesday <laughs> I'm like I'm not available <laughs> because that's when Mass Effect comes out and I'm just like nope and I, I told that I did this I go yeah I've got meetings all that day oh, <laughs> boy. totally a lie so yeah <laughs> running into the next day too running all night long uh, so yeah, so for the viewer, for the viewers, you who are watching me invisibly in my bedroom as I record this podcast, I, you probably already know, since you're watching me invisibly in my home, that I have obtained Mass Effect Andromeda, um, and it's actually coming out on EA Access, uh, I think the first 10 hours or so, like EA does with many of their games, they make them uh, available a little early for PC players um, through their proprietary uh, game purchasing platform origins which is terrible um that's not what we're here to talk about i have a code because i was capturing video of it so i've played the first couple hours i really want to play more uh for a couple reasons and one of those reasons is because the game is very huge uh much like dragon age inquisition which was the last big bioware game that came out was uh it's 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 massive i've, I've had i've heard um that the, the you you go back to the these planets that you're exploring multiple times doing all kinds of missions that unlock so in that in that sense Bree, you will be playing it until the election um and <laughs> then you'll just have to abdicate because is, is that something we say in democracy abdicate you'll have to abdicate because you'll still be playing mass <laughs> effect andromeda but also i need to play it more because i am not really sure what my feelings are about it yet oh no yeah oh no oh no i, I really i don't want to make you oh, sad no. i really oh, don't no. want to make you sad i'm not crying simone you're crying <laughs> so oh, you are no i know okay I, <laughs> no just give it to me straight what's what's going on so so far uh we st- you know we start with the your chosen character your writer so sarah Ryder, scott Ryder, uh who is going to a new galaxy on an arc. You know, 20,000 people who have been in cryosleep for years and years and years are going to settle these new planets. Uh, stuff goes wrong, obviously. 
And so far, the story has just not been thrilling. And I will say, I'm not judging it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying I don't want to be scathing about it at this point, because at this point in Mass Effect 1, I was also not terribly enthralled with it. But by the end of it, I was sobbing. And, you know, I had a lot of emotions about ships and my crew, etc, etc. But it goes off to a very slow start. There are a lot of cutscenes and, you know, your typical dialogue Bioware choice or dialogue Bioware choices, Bioware dialogue choices, but the conversations themselves don't feel terribly gripping at the moment. And even though the, the sense of stakes is not quite there, even though the stakes themselves are, you know, pretty high, like you, you're supposed to be able to settle this planet and have a new life for humanity, but you can't because everything is going terribly wrong. That's a very dramatic premise. But it doesn't feel quite that gripping at the point that I'm at. And then after that first, you know, hour or so when your things are going wrong on the planet, you get to the Andromeda equivalent of the Citadel. And that at that point, you know, you start getting these very Bioware style side missions of woman whose husband is wrongly accused for a crime and she asks him you look for clues another person wants you to look for minerals and another person wants you to scan stuff so that you can figure out uh something about sabotaging who's sabotaging the space station but it's very like ah yes thank you npcs who are here to give me low impact quests so like i feel like but on the other hand that's kind of when you're playing a bioware game that's Part, partially what you go there for is like this is the world that I'm going to live in and I'm going to help people do things and I'm going to spend 80 hours like immersing myself in this world and having played you know a couple hours of it I don't have that dramatic ho- I haven't felt the dramatic hook of the high stakes and the like space adventure and all that but I've, I've only felt the mundanity of the side quests which is kind oh, of disappointing no. I know, I That's know, I know. That's exactly what went wrong with uh, with Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, which I still oh. have yet to play. But but there are two Turians so far that I want to bang. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I don't know if I can bang them yet. It, the it, jury's out on that, but I'm going to try. And I, <laughs> if I succeed, you will be the first person to know because I will be sending you a text message video of me banging them. All right, that's so. uh, <laughs> that's it's not an overshare. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I imagine I, I, that that is not sarcasm in your voice because yeah, yeah, I know you. Uh, uh, no, what? Well, have you been able to play multiplayer yet? Because, like, when multiplayer came out for Mass Effect Three, all of us were like, uh, "I don't see how that really works with a story based game," but it was amazing, and I played so many hundreds of hours of that. And everything I've seen with the Mass Effect uh, for, you know, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer, it looks uh, equally awesome. It looks like just um, uh, basically a, a, a sequel to that. Have you played that at all? Like, how so is it tied to the not. story? I, yeah. I wasn't connected to the internet when I was playing it. I did, like, access the the point in the Nexus where they're like, you can do strike missions and it's multiplayer. Um, Pat, my coworker, Pat was actually playing the multiplayer today. Cause I, I believe it, it we were streaming it on, on Facebook. Um, cause they're doing a, a trial or a beta or something like that. Um, speaking of the combat, I think it, the combat wasn't particularly thrilling to me, but it did have one great and wonderful thing, which is that now you have jump jets. And so basically at any point, um, you can rocket into the air like a like a superhero and so you can do attacks with your omni tool by like launching yourself into the air and then coming down really hard with the omni tool to do a melee attack or you can fire from in the air etc etc you can traverse on <laughs> third person platforming in a mass effect game is that what you wanted me to tell you brianna Wu? because <laughs> yes. there is some um can't so- wait in terms of combat, like, it's fine. It's not as finely tuned as, say, Overwatch. Like, it feels a bit sticky. Like, to get into cover, you just run at cover, and then you'll go into cover automatically, which is kind of frustrating. I don't like sticky things like that, unless it's Assassin's Creed. Um, but, because I'm biased. Um, but, 
yeah, I, I think I think you'll have a, as long as you like have liked the combat of Mass Effect Three. I think you'll like the the multiplayer in this game, and it seems like they're kind of trying to tie it into the narrative because there are you know that there's that option where the really sexy Turian is like, hey, you can do I let I'll give you access to this computer and you can do Strike Force missions here. So um, yeah, I, I, right. I jury's out on that. Jury's out but on the, all of it, but I think but, I have I positive mean, feelings about it. It sounds like the the core premise, like going into Mass Effect, we didn't really know about the Reapers, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had to play for a while to get that. It sounds like the core premise of this game, you know, for everything I've seen, it's just not as powerful as mm-hmm. Mass Effect was. Like it's kind of going in with kind of a frankly a weak premise that doesn't really yeah you can't live up to the reapers as a villain i i I played the beginning of mass effect 3 for uh, the uh, one of the i don't know what time i played it again today just to capture some footage and that opening is so powerful and it is true that the reapers are not revealed as a villain until the very end of mass effect 1 but by the end they have built into such an incredible threat like not just through the visuals in the story but through the music and and everything they are a really great villain so in that sense i guess i would say i don't discount that bioware could pull that off again but we did see some enemy aliens which i guess would be the equivalent of the geth um assuming that there is a bigger villain out there the geth were the villains of mass effect one and then we kind of like oh they're being used by the reapers they're kind of like pawns just like we are oh great uh so we did see some hostile aliens that that were you know wanting something on this planet that we're supposed to be on and that was actually one of the moments that really worked for me because throughout most of that most of what i played they were just kind of you know they don't speak a language that you can understand they're firing at you it's like oh great typical hostile alien race okay that's fine but there was this moment where they're at the very end there's a cutscene with just the aliens and i don't know if it was me reading emotion onto the alien's face or if it was actually there but like i felt like there was something deeper that was happening there and i wanted to kiss the alien and so in that sense uh you know that that kind of gave me hope for for where that plot is going. Even though at this like to the point where I've played, it's just kind of been like, oh, yawn, and I like space, and this is cool, but this isn't like my favorite thing in the world. Like it doesn't feel magical like the first three games oh, did. Oh. That being said, obviously those games have had time to seep into our memories, and we've spent more time with them than we have with this. So. Jury is still out, but what I played didn't make me be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to sit down and play some more Mass Effect, even though I'm going to. All right. All right. One more question for you, and this is the key point. Do they have better hair this time around? No. Because every woman I know that made Femme Shop had the same short haircut because all the other hairstyles were so bad. Please don't tell me I'm in for that again. I'm sorry. Oh, they do have they have some nice ponytails. Oh, um, the character creation actually, I, I want to dig into that some more um, because they offer a lot of presets um, for different races, which is fantastic. So, like there are multiple Asian shepherds, there are multiple black shepherds, and I think that are riders, riders, shepherds. I wish there were shepherds. They're like a, yes. <laughs> Great slip of the tongue. Thanks, Bioware, for creating such an iconic character. So there are multiple, like, presets of an Asian face that you can use. There are multiple presets of several, you know, different races. And it's not just that it's that skin tone, because when you go into the character creator, and if this changes, I'm sorry, but I have not found a way to change it, you can adjust individual features but it's not like in mass effect 3 where you pick your face and then you swap through a bunch of different kinds of noses you can change depth and height and like how big the nose is but if you have a nose that is like more flat and sloped that's the nose that you have you can't change like nostril width or bridge width or anything like that so i yeah, and that was kind of the inflexibility of that was kind of frustrating to me. Like on the one hand, I think that it it's easier than ever to create a shepherd or a shepherd. God, gosh darn it, a rider and 
be like, yes, this rider doesn't just look like somebody tweaked a bunch of preset features to make a face that looked as Asian as possible. It looks like they used an Asian face model and said, okay, here, like the, this is, you know, a face, but it's harder to make it look like a, an individual person. And I'm just speaking from like my experiences trying to recreate myself because I like the flexibility of the tools was just not there to be like, okay, I want this face shape, but then with a different shape of eye, you can't change the shape of the eye. You can only change the width and like the height of them and the depth of them, which is weird. I think that's kind of weird, but yeah, eh. that's weird. Yeah. I, I kind of have a problem with that, to be honest. And it might, I'm, yeah, it might change. That's, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, I, I mess yeah, around with the character creators probably more than anything because I was trying to capture footage for a comparison, and yeah. Eh. Ugh. Anyway, okay. good luck trying to make okay, yourself. Simone. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm to be the bearer of bad news. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Dark Sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Which is better than it sounds, because guess what? Dark Sky is a small weather company based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they yeah. make the best, the best app. The best app. The best. And you're not the first people to tell me that, because the first time I heard about Dark Sky was from people at my work being like, I don't know, is it going to rain today? I'm going to check Dark Sky. And then when, as soon as someone says that, someone else inevitably goes, yeah, Dark Sky, because it's a seriously beloved and very good weather app so they make really hyper local forecasts so they tell you when the rain is going to start and stop where you are so you can be like oh i better time it's gonna rain in 10 minutes i'm leaving for the subway now so that i'm not gonna get caught in the rain boom so good and you know it started as a kickstarter i did not know that did it 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 oh Mm -hmm. my goodness it's one of the most successful kickstarters of all time in my opinion because it not only like were they able to fund their app, but the app has become a website. It's become a whole kind of API for other developers to use. And for me, as a as a person who lives in the world, an indispensable thing. Yeah, yeah. There's no one that shouldn't have this app on their phone. Like, you know, like I use it where uh, freaking I'll be at home and be like, "Is it time to go walk the dogs?" And it'll be raining, and I'll look, you know, boot up Dark Sky, and I'll be like, "Just wait 15 minutes, right? It'll stop raining, and you can do it." Like it's it's completely indispensable. And uh, yeah, this is actually a really cool opportunity because what is happening is that Dark Sky is looking to increase their team because they have only one iOS developer and they really want to increase the team and make the app better for iOS. And they are looking for somebody, an iOS developer, to join their team. And if you're interested, if you are interested in joining the Dark Sky team as an app developer, you can go to darksky.net slash jobs. There are uh, quote unquote, not looking for someone with tons of experience. If you know Swift and are passionate about iOS, then you could be the right fit. And if you're a weather nerd, that is a plus. Uh, they're preferably looking for someone local to join them in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but you know, feel it out. And you can go to darksky.net slash jobs to find out if you are the right person to join Dark Sky. They've been around for about five years and they started with the Kickstarter, like Christina said, which I did not know. That is super cool. And it sounds like they're really, you know, they they are passionate about what they do, which is the weather and making my life easier. Yeah, I know these guys because, you know, like I work in Cambridge, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would 100% like, you know, the, the sense I've gotten from talking to them about this is, you know, they... They would be happy with someone they could just like um, hand the entire project to. But I also think they'd be willing to like grow talent. Like this is a team that would work with the right individual that came along. So, you know, um, I would say like, you know, go out there and like, um, you know, I would work with these people if I weren't running for Congress. So there it is. (laughs) Put them in the weather department. Yes. Of Congress. We'll do that. We'll do that. Anyway, darksky.net slash jobs. If you want to work on the weather, code something for iOS, check that out. And thank you so much, Dark Sky, for letting us read your job ad. That's awesome. That's the first time I've done that. That's very cool. cool. (laughs) Yay. All right. Um, So, Beauty and the Matrix. 
<laughs> yes. So, Christina, you saw Beauty and the Beast today. And I feel like I we did. have a lot to say about that, considering what happened before we started the show, where <laughs> yeah. we accidentally maybe talked about Beauty and the Beast for way too long. So tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you would expect. It's it's the, the animated film, and there's now a live action version. Um, and there's a few more songs. Some of them are okay. Some of them are not as great. There's some backstory with characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the 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 1991 animated film brought to life, and Emma Watson is perfectly cast because if you look at her, she looks exactly like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She just does. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, I think that uh, Luke Evans as, as, as Gaston was actually great. I found, I found him yeah. as a villain to be probably the most interesting character in the entire movie. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, is it a perfect film? No. It, does it still have some of the problems? You know, at the time, we were talking about this before the show started, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a, Belle was a new type of princess because she wasn't subservient and she was defiant and and even more defiant than, than Ariel and Little Mermaid was and and was was kind of a feminist and obviously that's part of Emma Watson's whole brand um, mm-hmm. and there's certainly some of that she's definitely like a, a strong willed character the problems with Beauty and the Beast as kind of a, from a from a feminist perspective or just even from a anybody just you know kind of like being rational perspective is still there which is the fact that like it's a little bit stockholm syndrome i've read readings of it where it's not that i'm just like i'm gonna in this instance i'm just gonna choose to ignore this problem because i'm trying to have a good time in my life well i was going to say you 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 can overthink all of that and that's i think a waste of what this is what this Mm -hmm. is this is a great movie your mileage may vary is basically but, but honestly that's not what this is about you're seeing this movie, if you're going to see this movie, for the same reason that I saw this movie tonight and the same reason I'm dragging my husband to see it this weekend. Because you want to, like, reawaken that, like, inner child, like, person who loved Beauty and the Beast and you want to, like, clap your hands together when they had the ball scene happens and they're dancing around together. The Beast and, 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 and Belle are dancing and, and, and Beauty and the Beast is playing in the background. Like, that's what you want to see. Like, that's what, that's what you go to the movie for. And uh, and that's great, and and it's a, it's a it's a totally great date movie. So take I, your boyfriend, take I'm your girlfriend, because you enjoyed it, and uh, our entertainment reporter Julia also enjoyed it. I have been crapping on it uh, for months because so we obviously Disney is making live action remakes of all yeah, of its which, cla- I mean, animated look, classics. I have issues with that whole thing to begin with, but if you're going to do it, I mean, this was fine. So here's yeah. my problem with it: is that it becomes very stark and very clear to me when I see these live action films, how much of the magic of those films Mm -hmm. is due to animation and how much is lost. Even when they recreate the same exact thing in CGI, what they're saying is, okay, well let's just shop, shop for not shop for shop, but like object for object, like recreate what we did in animation as realistic as possible. And it doesn't work because the magic of the animation isn't there. Like the character and the movement and the like the quirkiness of the animation is totally gone. And it looks very it looks beautiful and it looks shiny and it looks very good in terms of CGI. Like, I mean, Jungle Book looked incredible. This movie yeah. looks visually like stunning and beautiful. But to me, it just has no depth and no personality. Right. I mean, and I think that. And, and and Catherine, who I went and saw this with, we were talking a lot about this. Like, one of the problems with this movie a little bit is is that they added a bunch of supporting characters and then didn't give an, them enough to do. So they added some additional um, inanimate objects that are now, you know, obviously animate. Um, you know, uh, you know, you know, Cogsworth and and, and Lumiere, mm-hmm. obviously, but now Lumiere has a girlfriend, and then there's this, you know, like this. There are a couple of other characters who who were added and. The best part for a lot of us, I think, of the animated Beauty and the Beast was, you know, Chip and 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 Mrs. Potts mm-hmm. and 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 Lumiere and Cogsworth and and the comic you know, relief. 
it just that's it. the same way that the best part of Cinderella is is the mice, right? Yeah. Like those are those are things that that work really well for Disney films, and it, it is the comic relief. But I think it's also just kind of being able to kind of apply to that stuff. Like in Toy Story, a lot of times the best parts aren't even Buzz and Woody, um, but but the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. And um, when you make this live action, and obviously such a big part of the original was that you had you know these regular household objects these excuse me like his servants basically had been turned into household objects that could still talk that's part of it and like the fact is that they talk and interact with the characters and so that has to be dealt with and i think they did it in a pretty good way and and it it wasn't it it certainly maybe not as it doesn't maybe give you the same feeling that you had when you were watching Mm -hmm. the animated film when you were a kid but i feel like they did a pretty good job with it um i also would say you know the cgi uh, frankly probably could have been better in some cases i'm not sure how like the the beast especially i was kind of looking at that and i saw this in imax and so i saw it like in the pristine <laughs> you way saw to see everything it. <laughs> and so i was like um i don't know uh you also sh- said I, you I wanted to bang the beast i did i mean i think this <laughs> could have been better but i did want to bang the beast well i did say i wanted to bang the beast and i stand by it here's an, an interesting thing the, the motion capture, even though I think the CGI was maybe not perfect and, and could have been better, I would love for you to see it, Brian. Like, give me your take, like as an expert. Um, sure. I did think though that the the motion capture and like the acting that they did, he was charming and he was kind of cute and like the actor um, did a good job. And it was like I was kind of like I'm into this. Like I, I, I kind of dig him. True <laughs> that everyone from our generation is actually just horny for monsters. Beast yeah, included. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and I'm going to be honest with you. Cartoon Beauty and the Beast. I always like. I always thought Beast was hotter than like the the Ken doll that he turned into at the yeah, end. Yeah, because he's boring. He has no personality. Exactly. exactly. And like like Beast, like I was always disappointed. And 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 obviously, I'm not spoiling anything. The movie's 25 years old. Like, <laughs> if you haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, I'm sorry. Like, I've ruined this for you. But like, wait, hey. wait, wait. A Disney movie where they turn to a human at the end and fall in love. I right. I can't believe it, Christina. <laughs> right. But, but what I was going to say, though, is, I mean, I think that I'd always, as a kid, and I remember when I saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater, because I'm old. Um, uh, Simone was like two, but 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 I was I was, I was was not. And I remember seeing it in the theater as a kid and being like, you know, it would have been really cool if he'd stayed the Beast and she'd like yeah. fallen in love with that. How about that for and, a message? Well, Disney. Shrek did that. Shrek yeah. did that because Fiona became an ogre. She he, Shrek didn't become, you know, human. She became like him, mm-hmm. and I think that that was a much better message, right? And 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 I I, I kind of felt the same way when I was watching this live action one. I was like, I, I get it. The whole thing is to turn him back and whatnot, but like, the point is, Belle falls in love with the Beast. Yeah. So, let him stay the beast. Yeah, like he can learn that it doesn't matter what he looks like, and she can learn that uh, she can fix someone with a horrible personality. <laughs> That's a good message. Good message. I may have lost that one in the in the translation there. <laughs> uh, okay, so that happened. I actually so okay. Here's something I really want to ask you. There was a lot of talk about them expanding LeFou's role and him being yes. gay and being in love with Gaston and like a quote unquote uniquely exclusive gay moment was that was the phrase used. Is that actually like it's so minor. That's I mean, what I look, thought. Is he yeah. in, is he in love with Gaston? Yes. And and it Obviously is treated, we all are. Is, is is well I mean Gaston is a great character. But I mean and is it treated um it's treated well and 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 he's in no way like shamed for it and Gaston seems to know and seems to not really care. He doesn't return the sentiments, but he certainly isn't like freaked out or grossed out. Yeah. Um and it's kind of winked, you know, it, it it's played campy. There is a moment at the end um between that character um and 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 another character where there is kind of a uh, they find each other kind of thing and it's a, it's a nice moment it's very small I mean it's it's like blinking you miss it it's sad that now that has become a rallying cry in certain countries around the world where people are like like Malaysia is claiming they're not going to screen the film and even after they edited that stuff out and whatnot and the places you know that certain groups are speaking out against it I think that's terrible um, but I also think that anybody who's like oh you know they have this great gay character it's like it's a wink and it's one of those things that if you were not paying attention for it, it might even fly over your head. Yeah. Like, 
other other films and TV shows have been doing wink for yes. like twenty years. I mean, precisely. Including Disney. Yes, absolutely. And I don't feel like giving Disney a cookie for having a gay character in you know a fairy tale movie like i don't like especially this sort of character who's a sycophant like it you know especially when it's when it's played basically you know um in in a lot of ways to kind of stereotype and it's not in a bad way it's not a bad stereotype and and i don't want to in any way say that it's it's disrespectful or anything like that but i also don't feel like it's this groundbreaking thing Um, yeah i feel like that it just totally got blown out of proportion by the i don't remember if it was the director who was talking about it and then every outlet that picked it up and like the story spread like wildfire and i'm like it's gonna be it's gonna be like the two quote-unquote gay moms in finding dory where they were there for half a, there were two women and one stroller for half a second yay right. <laughs> exactly it's like you know show us m- m- make your main characters congratulations you know, like disney that. yeah exactly <laughs> i mean especially since there are other other you know children oriented and youth oriented things that do a better job with that i don't know it was fine but it was certainly not yeah, worth I'm not the like hype mad it's about had. it i'm just like this is stupid <laughs> well there's nothing to be mad about it's just you know it's just i think that the amount of press it's gotten versus how yeah. small the moments are is kind of outplaced but yeah. it's fine hey i i'm still gonna watch it i can't I, really, as yeah. you should as you absolutely yeah. absolutely should look if you didn't love you know the disney film then like there's no reason to see this but i think this is a great date movie and and it's exactly what you would expect. It was exactly what I expected. I had a great time. I just tried to imagine. So when Christina, like, they're up front at the box office, they're like, well, you know, I hated that Disney movie back in the 90s. <laughs> right. But maybe, maybe this is different. <laughs> like, I tried to, <laughs> to imagine that person. Take your girlfriend, take your boyfriend, take your husband, take your wife, you know, like... This is one of those movies. Like some people have kids, as I understand it. Oh, yeah, take kids. to a Disney movie. I, I, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, you're right. right. There were actually there were some kids at the screening. You're right. This is a great kids movie too. Um, Put three non-parents on podcasts. This is what happens. Okay, so I know our show's going long, but we gotta talk Matrix. We, have to talk we gotta about talk Matrix. Okay. Why? 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 No. There's no ending here that's not worse than the Matrix ending from Matrix Revolutions. I actually feel optimistic about it. There was was one good Matrix movie. It was called The Matrix. One. 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 Matrix Reloaded, not good. Matrix Revolution, not good. Hear me out. All right, okay. tell us, talk us down. Smoke. And this is not my original idea. This is this comes from Julia, who also talked me down from the same ledge that you're on right now. Which is, what if it's like the Rogue One of Matrix movies, where we know how that story ends, but there's so there's years and years of rebellion and awesomeness before the Matrix actually happens and before humanity gets freed. And they did great stuff with that with uh, the Matrix, um, the animated shorts. Yeah, animated. And they could potentially do it again with Michael B. Jordan in a rebooted version, uh, or not rebooted version, a reboot of the Matrix franchise. No, no. This is going to be total recall. Yep. And to believe otherwise is just, yep. it's, 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 it's foolishness. And Michael B. Jordan can form. do better. That may yes. be foolish. Okay, Michael but would you Jordan not can watch do better. that? No, I mean it depends on. It completely depends on who the writer is. Completely, writer and director. Okay, like, well, just, there's the bad news, <laughs> it, right? And that's that's the problem. The the the, the Wachowskis are probably not interested. And and frankly, um, I I appreciate their their filmmaking. Um, and 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 a lot of other things about them. I think that the the they're both great. But um. <laughs> The first Matrix was the good one. Like yeah, two and three that didn't work. Bound and sort of Speed Racer is yeah, the sort of only good work yeah. they've done. I'm I sorry. I thought Alice was okay. Okay, it was it was okay. It was okay. It was, it, I it was a little seen long. Yeah, I haven't seen Sensei either. It was yeah, a little long, but yeah. I mean, they, they have problems with with pacing. Um, yeah, but but no, except the, in the know, Matrix, okay. which was a perfect film. Yes. Okay, well, this is yes. this is my argument about this. Go for so it. The Matrix came out um, in a really interesting era right like this is when uh the first x-men movie came out it was when hollywood was starting to really incorporate uh you know cg into into movies so you know this is very much going from like the the last action hero era 
to like the modern movie era. So what I think is really interesting about this is like as a 3D expert, like I watched this in the special effects in the Matrix, like when the the agents morph in, it's terrible. Like it's (laughs) like bad 90s morphing software. Mm -hmm. But the truth is it, it forced them, generally speaking, to stick to real sets more often than not. So like mm-hmm. the famous shot of uh you know the camera spinning around Neo. Yeah, the real set. Time. Yeah, bullet that's a real set. Like they they put him well, it's a real camera rather. But uh you know, it was stuff exploding all around them with like really high speed cameras. It felt tied to reality. And I think the the reason I become so uninterested in big budget movies, like I saw Godzilla this weekend, and there's just no amount of spectacle that they can CG onto screen that connects with me as a viewer, which is why television is where all the most interesting work in cinema is being done these days. Well, well, what's what's happened is that, that I mean, and you would never have The Matrix was was a big budget film from the beginning, but... Um, you know, uh, the original one's budget wasn't as big as the, the sequels, but like what right. had what happened was, you know, used to have these like mid budget films that could exist, and now everything yeah. has to be like a big budget film or no budget. And it, you know, if, if, if you have these these tentpole movies, and you're right, Brie, like it, it means that everything is CGI'd and everything is done in post, and you lose out on kind of the the you know physical quality the realistic quality you know of, of of watching something like 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 the original matrix or watching alien you know yeah. like if you were to do re- reboot alien do not reboot alien i swear to god um like <laughs> it, you know if somebody were to try to do a remake of, of, of the ridley scott alien um and not a continuation you know they would they wouldn't have the set they wouldn't have you know the the actual like physical stuff and they they wouldn't have the animatronics and and uh you know you miss out, I think, on something there. You miss out so on so it's, much. It's, it's, it's going to, like, the first Matrix movie had all this brilliant, like, you know, gay and transgender subtext to it. If you go yes. back through and rewatch it, really it it's, yeah. it's amazing. And, you know, like, I know it's going to be total recall. Like, they'll throw hot actors in there and lots of guns and more explosions and they'll CG it, but it's not going to have the heart of that story. So, you know, it's worth saying, like, Simone, you mentioned the Animatrix. There was one of those nine movies that was okay, and yeah. the rest were really bad. Exactly. And the PS2 game was bad. And, like, you know, they put out, tried to put out all this stuff around it. It was just, it, it did not hold up. So, I liked you know, the Animatrix. I, okay, okay, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> um, I, 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 I. So it is also being written by the guy who wrote The Incredible Hulk, Elektra, and the adaptation of Ready Player One. (laughs) On that note, stop. Although, you know what? You guys guys remember the Matrix um, MMORPG? I wanted to play that so badly. I I never played it. I never played it, but I remember The Matrix Online, I think it was called. Yeah. Yeah. I never played it, but I always wanted to. I always thought that was a great idea. That would be the only good thing. If anything could come out of this, that would be positive. It would be, be okay everybody. Su- everybody suddenly cares about Matrix video games again, and we finally get a good Matrix video game. And now, like in the the, the Overwatch era, could you imagine a Matrix? That style would game? be great. And also, apparently, the uh, there's a new Reservoir Dogs game coming out that is actually good, which shouldn't happen because they already made a bad Reservoir Dogs game of that 1992 movie. But there's a good Reservoir Dogs game coming out. What? Anyway, so always look on the bright side of life. Think positive. Bree, how are you being positive this week? How am I being positive? Uh, I'm doing my campaign. I am doing interviews. And I'm going to continue to restore my Audi TT this weekend. I'm really looking forward to an entire Saturday of not doing work, of uh, completely rebuilding my car. So that's what I'm up to. Nice. Christina, how are you being positive this week? Uh, well, I uh, just finished reviewing a um, Raspberry Pi Nintendo 64 uh, emulator system. Oh. It's basically it's basically the same thing that I built myself, but this was like a pre-built one uh, from a Canadian company called Made by Sloan. And uh, I just reviewed it, and it's actually it was a Kickstarter that I paid for. And 
shockingly is shipped on time and high quality and is pretty good. So uh, it's good. I, when it's is good. that going to be up? When is that um, going to be up? That, that that post will be up tomorrow. Can't wait. Um, I mean, look, uh, yeah. So uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, by by the time uh, you guys are listening to this podcast, you'll be able to read my uh, uh, you know mini Nintendo sixty four um, emulator review. Basically, it's the same thing as when you could build yourself, but it's all like turnkey. So it's it's cool, and uh, and and that was really fun. Nice. I'm staying positive by continuing to play Mass Effect and hope for the best. <laughs> if, if it doesn't work out, just steal. Are you your Persona fan, right? Yeah. Oh no, I'm so excited for Persona Five, and that is oh, actually yeah. getting very good pre-reviews. I can't uh, wait. Yeah, that's going to be some good stuff. Look forward to that. We, uh, we will definitely talk about that on oh, Rocket yeah, when will. it comes out. <laughs> It'll take us 80 years to finish it. So. Yeah, we'll be talking about it for a long time. Um, Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, you can read me in the New York Times where I had an interview this week, which Heck I'm very yeah. proud of. Uh, and you can also see me on uh, Twitter at Space Cat Gal. Nice. Christina, what about you? Uh, you can find my writing at Gizmodo, and you can find me on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, et cetera, at film underscore girl. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and online at youtube.com slash polygon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rocket. Make sure that the positive thing you do this week is leaving a great review on iTunes. <laughs> yes. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.